0: Well nothing much. The cloudy skies are up and the birds yeah. are enjoying them. I'm enjoying the enjoy
1: them. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, you know, Swaraj is a great initiative. And I'll say yeah. that at the start of it. And we you know covered this journey as to how it started and we spoke about, you know, how we spoke about the five khas. we spoke about the workshops, we spoke about how far has been the reach and the impact of Swaraj. But I really want to ask you if you can give us an example, you know, which actually touches people's hearts right away as they're listening.
0: An example for what exactly?
1: Well, you know, for how language kind of, you know, plays a key role in, uh, you know, as you yesterday said, uh, that food and clothing give us direct access, but people Uh have this question regarding language. Oh, yes, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think one of the most profound uh, examples and one of the most moving examples of how uh, language paints a picture of the world that we are living in was mm-hmm. given to me by a, a friend of mine called Harinder. He lives close to Bhagpat. Bhagpat is a is a district uh, close to Delhi. Yeah,
1: Shamli, Bhagpat.
0: And Delhi gets a lot of its mangoes from there. And okay. uh, that place, again, is... Uh, it's got a few sugar mills got a lot of people who grow sugarcane mm-hmm. and like we discussed uh, in one of the earlier episodes you know, sugarcane again is something that is a seasonal crop but over time people have started force growing it to continuously keep supplying it to the sugar mills because the mm-hmm. sugar mills have to keep generating sugar so I was in this village and I was sitting with Harinder mm-hmm. one guy uh, he belongs to the Jart community uh, of that village mm-hmm. and uh, and I asked him, like, you know, what is your relationship with land? Mm. And uh, of course, right. Right. I Hindi and I asked Right. So, and somehow the conversation was around, you know, people selling their land in the cities and as the city expands, the farmers selling their land and moving out. So right. he said, are going. Right. हमारे लिए यह मिट्टी नहीं है यह जमीन नहीं है यह मां है ओ ओके सो ही सेड के जाटों में हम, हमारे में एक होती है कि जहां पे हम लोग अगर हम जमीन बेचते भी हैं किसी के
1: हम्म
0: mm-hmm. हम्म जमीन हम कहीं और जाके खरीद के उसको फिर फार्मिंग में लगा देते हैं जैसे मतलब कोई गवर्नमेंट की स्कीम आई हमको right. जबरदस्ती ही पड़ जमीन right. No, I was very moved by that one word. And and just for our uh, listeners who are not native uh, Hindi speakers, what he said to me in a single word was that this, for us, is the mother. Right. And that is a relationship that several communities across the world, several small, uh, you know, um, how does one put it, ethnographic communities across the world have that relationship with soils. As the right. original mother.
1: right.
0: Now there's one way, there's one thing of saying this. Right. And there's one thing of listening to it and saying, oh yeah, what's the big deal? Yes. And the other thing is to feel it. Mm-hmm. Is to have the bow. Right. This is the mother.
1: Right.
0: And saying it with the bhav, to the extent where you and I are willing to lay our lives down to protect that mother. Right. Which reminds me of, say, for example, the Chipko movement, right? Right. When Sundarlal Bahuguna's clarion call invited so many women to come and just hug the trees. Right. Which again was based on a 300-year-old hug the tree movement that happened to protect the Khejri tree in Rajasthan. Yes. So all that requires tremendous strength of spirit and strength of character to actually follow through. Absolutely. And I think that one of the easiest giveaways Mm -hmm. of whether a person means it or not Mm -hmm. is the difference between this, that will they stand by their word or will they just say, okay, oh, oh, that was just a matter of figure of speech, you know. <laughs> metaphor. Right. That was a metaphor. No, 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 not to be taken seriously. You can buy my land. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, so it, it's it's kind of like that. That's uh, that that's one of the most profound examples. And why it was profound for me was because you and I are architects.
1: Right.
0: Now it's very interesting that when we are taught architecture, we are not taught where is the land going to come from for you to build on. Yes we are not taught that the only land that is now available slowly by slowly in places that are inhabitable by human beings is either farmland or forest land. Yes. Because the ones that are non-inhabitable where you can go and build is sand in the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, or maybe a swamp somewhere. And, and, and the swamp, now we have of course discovered ages back that a swamp is also an ecosystem. Like for example, the wetlands of Kolkata or the mangroves in Bombay, right? Yeah. And... Each one of them have their role to play. But these are questions that we are not asked. Yes. And these are questions that we are not told to ask either. Right? Mm-hmm. But if I have a background and and it, it this kind of raised this conflict in my mind. If I'm going architecture, not <laughs> so, be confusing right. in Because the value system that I have been brought up with. And, and I think this is a very important term that uh, the late... Great, Dr. Pachori had suggested to me. He said, "Gaurav, you are trying to propose a new value system, but but for me, it was quite clear. I am not trying to propose a new value system. I am just trying to reinstate faith in the existing value system, right. which already exists in the native communities and the people of uh, India and uh, large parts of the rest of the world as well." Yes. Right. So, so this is one example. Another example that uh, was, uh, you know, crowd collected, so to speak was from the students of the School of Planning and Architecture who uh, did a seminar, a research uh, seminar, which kind of is based on research paper in the year 2019, where they discovered how native languages have so many different phenomena, which are encapsulated in language that bridge the gap between nature and architecture. Yes right so they were, we took examples from 12 indian languages and we were very lucky because spa again is a is a melting pot of so many different pot. cultures absolutely right so uh, so we got we had tamil we had malayalam we had bengali we had bodhi yes. we had uh, the language of um, this tribe from sikkim not the bhutias the limbu tribe so there was the limbu dialect right And then from Arunachal Pradesh and and we collected all this information and we realized, for example, very, very simply in the villages in Tamil Nadu, there is a word for different types of water bodies in the village. And they have very, very strict functions. So there is a separate water body for bathing, a separate one for the animals to bathe in, a separate Mm -hmm. one for uh, irrigation of the crops. And that is maintained in language. Yes. And houses, you know, Raja Singh, the best of the most interesting part was that houses are named with respect to proximity from various water bodies.
1: Right.
0: So, when we were talking context decides what meaning the word ka. it is the context Absolutely. that decides the meaning of the word. In Asian cultures, we realize that it is the context that even decides where your house is located. Yes. So, your, houses is, your house is not like, you know, my house was H6, South Extension, Part 1, or H20, or H50. No, it wasn't like that. It was the house behind the two ashoka trees uh, <laughs> about 100 meters from the peepal tree uh, which is next to the and you know temple. even
1: in delhi there are traditional words like this lal kua khari bauli.
0: absolutely <laughs> correct in fact we are surrounded by these uh, terms yeah you know and and uh, over time of course they have also uh, uh, gotten distorted to some extent or or the actual physical phenomena has disappeared yeah like Now, if somebody says, Ki, achha, ka hai? <laughs> we are like, well, <laughs> well. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so I think we are, we are actually replete with, uh, such examples and I would invite, uh, all our listeners, uh, to share via recordings and via, uh, via spoken comments. Of words like this. And and you know, there are several such words which are called untranslatables. Matlab, if you try to translate them in a mainstream language like English or uh, uh, I haven't explored any other language per se because hum to English a lot of familiarity in English. Se hai. But there are a lot of such words. Raja, in fact, I wanted to ask you yeah, I'm sure you can come up with a couple of words um that are untranslatable. And I know one word which is which is which is the word that we use so often, Siapa. Now, Siapa mm-hmm. cannot be translated into English. It is, it's is—it's literally a phenomenon. It's not a word. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a full experience. There is a bhav that goes with it. There is a full body S-Sentok. sensation that goes with it. Santok
1: or Santosh, that is a word, is not translatable. Santosh
0: is not translatable. Absolutely. In fact, a lot of Western linguists, starting from people like Benjamin Lee Worf, touched upon you know the idea that languages create worldviews, uh, have have uh, alluded to Eastern and a lot of tribal rural languages hmm. having such words and some of them uh, have been captured very effectively by uh, this guy called James Schwartz who said that uh, if you take any of these words like Anand, Nirvan yeah. uh, you know you can't translate them into English very frankly because that experience that emotion itself is is not translatable, you can't communicate that idea
1: yeah.
0: you know Satchitanan and uh, so on and so forth. So yeah, absolutely. so it's absolutely full. It's, it's, it's so full. Uh, and, and again, I, I think one of the most tactile uh, experiences that one can uh, share with our listeners today is the fact that in Indian languages and I believe in other Asian languages, we have 32 distinct words for relationships on the mother's side and 32 distinct words for relationship on the father's side. And anybody can Wikipedia this and they'll get it. Yeah. Uh, or if they just Google uh, names for relationships in Urdu, in Hindi, in Tamil, in Malayalam, and uh, even in the lesser known languages of India, you will get all those terms. Right. Again, untranslatable, because if you try to translate it to a mainstream language, that is maternal know, aunt,
1: maternal, maternal uncle. Maternal
0: aunt, <laughs> maternal uncle, you know, paternal aunt. Pater- no, not even uncle, even if I say paternal grandparent. Mm. But yeah. for us, it's not. It's dada, dadi. Right. Yeah. And then there's Pardada, you know, so, so there is an instant connect to all those languages. And, and what I find really exciting is that when a child is born into a society like that, the child is instantly connected to 64 people. Right. <laughs> Jina, because, Jina yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's Tamil. and And yeah. it's, it's so beautiful that we are slowly. Uh, losing connection with this, but what the, the beauty of it is that at any moment, we can wake up and reconnect with 64 people on the planet who we are who we are instantly connected to, you know. Yes. And uh, regardless of whether you have a background or not of, of relatedness with them, hmm. you can actually just call them and introduce yourself as I am your, you know, chacha, mama, bhanja, chachera, bhanja, chachera, mama, <laughs> whatever it is. Right? And... Uh, and and discover a relationship yeah <laughs> yeah
1: absolutely absolutely uh, you know but people kind of you know want to at some point i'm not saying uh, like people i'm saying there might be instances where people say hey, this is kind of too much of uh, privacy invasion," <laughs> which is a western concept probably
0: that's a beautiful <laughs> word that you've touched upon you know in yeah. fact I, I i remember i was doing a MOOC uh, on on sanskrit yeah And it was run by um, a faculty member, uh, a professor from IIT uh, Kharagpur, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she started her lecture with this. With the first example that she took was this, saying that do you know that privacy as a word doesn't have any Indian equivalent? Mm. (laughs) Because we have no privacy. (laughs) (laughs) That concept doesn't exist. You know. And yeah. I used to find it really surprising that, uh, uh, you know, the world famous Indian texts like Kamasutra uh, mm. talk about, uh, you know, uh, physical relationships being celebrated in nature, mm. you know, saying that, well, if you want to make love, then you do it in the garden. And I'm like, Kya kar rahe ho? <laughs> that's really, you know, uh, that's not something that's likely to work at all in today's pri- private times. Mm. But uh, when you consider the fact that it has something to do with language and what is encaptured in language, you can immediately get that, uh, given that there is no equivalent term to explain such phenomena, it's quite likely that uh, uh, people didn't consider it something that was unnatural or something that needed to be, you know, uh, blocked off from the common man, so on and so forth. Mm. So interesting. I mean, I mean that is so interesting and, and I'm I'm wondering if the listeners know this, but this is not this is not pre rehearsed, right? And yeah. you just you just gave the perfect example to describe a completely alien phenomena which has now become such an integral part of our lives, at least in the cities. Yeah. In in in, in, in India.
1: <laughs> it's quite invigorating. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. You know, and, yeah. and I would love to invite all our listeners, of course, uh, uh, like you say, every time that we are available on, on major platforms, yes. uh, do listen in to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and uh, whatever major platforms are there, out there, we are there. Uh, I also wanted to quickly invite all our listeners to reconnect with those 64 relationships before we meet again tomorrow at least make a list of them and try and see where do you fit in in the family that you were born into and we'd love to hear from you what is it that you discovered
1: and if you do your homework early you can also send us a voice message and tell us absolutely
0: (laughs) Absolutely. thank you very much we will very patiently listen to your message even if it includes all 64 names of people
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely okay then
0: so see you guys tomorrow
1: see you guys